0: Welcome to this edition of Head to Head. I'm your host Cam McKinney and this is episode number 246. And on this week's podcast, I'm talking about all the big moves that were made during the NBA trade deadline. Two of the biggest stars in the NBA have been moved, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So let's start there. First with Irving going to the Dallas Mavericks, I see this trade as a desperate attempt to pair Luka Doncic with another star. They tried and failed with Kristaps Porzingis. It reminds me of when the Houston Rockets paired James Harden with Dwight Howard and then moved on to Chris Paul and eventually Russell Westbrook. And there were moments where these moves looked really good, but they never brought sustainable success and those pairings were not memorable. And that's how I see this playing out in Dallas. There will be moments where Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are brilliant together, but at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving is a team killer. That's what he is. And the Brooklyn Nets just didn't move on from Kyrie They also traded Kevin Durant, who requested a trade this past offseason. He's been dealt to the Phoenix Suns, who now have a big four of Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. I like this group a lot and think they could make waves in the playoffs. They are going to be weaker on defense without Mikael Bridges, but this is a move that could wind up with them winning it all. It does feel like we're all ignoring the fact that Kevin Durant is not currently at full health, and he's not. Not the same Kevin Durant... Who won back-to-back Finals MVPs with the Golden State Warriors. I'm not saying he's old. I'm just saying he's not the same Kevin Durant. He's not a surefire top-five player in the NBA right now at this moment in time. He's just not that. Now, I think he could go back to being that, but at this moment, he's not. And as a Celtics fan, I witnessed him really struggle against that team last year in the postseason. Kevin Durant kind of caused what happened in Brooklyn. Yes, he's getting a fresh restart but I don't think we should forget about that fact that Kevin Durant did sort of do that to that organization he's the reason the Nets brought in Kyrie Irving, he's the reason the Nets brought in James Harden let's talk about a team that completely revamped their roster, the Los Angeles Lakers, they made a move to bring back former Laker point guard D'Angelo Russell and forward Malik Beasley and move on from Russell Westbrook and in a separate move they get Orlando Big man Mo Bamba, and this makes the Lakers better, but D'Angelo Russell is not having a great season either, he's not the guy he was when he was with the Nets, the Lakers are still wasting LeBron's final years in the league, this trade does not make them a finals contender, could they win a playoff round, maybe, but that shouldn't be enough, and I was also thinking about this, this isn't the first time that a LeBron James led team completely overhauled their roster at the NBA trade deadline. Remember when the Cleveland Cavaliers traded point guard Isaiah Thomas for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr., and that team made a run to the Eastern Conference Finals? The Lakers are hoping history repeats itself. I also want to talk about the Russell Westbrook aspect of this trade. I know a lot of people are down on Russell Westbrook. He's been on so many teams. He's no longer viewed as the former MVP that he is. He's really no longer viewed as the future Hall of Famer that he probably is, and I feel like... What's happening with Russell Westbrook is exactly what happened to Allen Iverson. They are so polarizing players that could just not take a role on a basketball team. The Lakers tried to make Russell Westbrook a role player, and Russell Westbrook is not a role player. He does not view himself as a role player. Maybe he should. I feel like it's the exact same thing that happened to Allen Iverson after he left Philadelphia. Allen Iverson joined the Denver Nuggets. He played with Carmelo Anthony. That star duo did not work out. Then he was traded to the Detroit Pistons, and the Pistons tried to turn Iverson into a role player. And then the Memphis Grizzlies of all teams tried to turn Allen Iverson into a role player. Allen Iverson, the former MVP, was not going to be a role player, and the same thing is happening with Russell Westbrook. He's never going to be a guy who just comes off the bench. And right now, rightfully or wrongfully, Russell Westbrook still views himself as a star basketball ball player, and so did Iverson at the end of his career. It's why Iverson didn't play into his late 30s, because he could never just take a role on a team, and I feel like the same thing is happening with Russell Westbrook. The Lakers' LA counterparts also made some moves. They brought back former Clipper Eric Gordon, who I have always felt like is underrated. He's a sharpshooter from free. He's one of the best six men in the league when he's healthy. I love this player. I like this move. I know he's a bit overrated older, but I think he can still play a role on a winning basketball team. That's a team that thinks they're going to become winners if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard stay healthy. I mean, that team is in win-now mode. They need to make this work out. They've invested so much on Kawhi Leonard. I know he doesn't play as many basketball games as we all think he should, but when he's healthy, he's still one of the best basketball players on planet Earth. They have Paul George, one of the best two-way players in the league. At some point the Clippers have to win the NBA championship. I mean, think about all the talent they've had on that team over the years. They've had Chris Paul. They had Blake Griffin. They had Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford. The list goes on and on. J.J. Redick. There has been so much talent on the Clippers, and then they made that trade. They traded away Shea Gillisley Alexander. They brought in Paul George. They have Kawhi Leonard. They need this to end with that duo winning an NBA championship, or they did all that for absolutely nothing. They also bring in backup point guard Bones Highland who was playing on the Denver Nuggets. I have no idea how good Bones Highland is. The Clippers just need to get their act together and be the team we thought they were going to be when they brought in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, which is a championship caliber basketball team. Overall, I think both LA teams got better during this NBA trade deadline, although I liked what the Clippers did more. I like Eric Gordon. I don't think D'Angelo Russell was playing very well for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That whole thing with him and Carl Anthony Towns being best friends never really worked out in the Timberwolves' favor. This is Russell's second stint with the LA Lakers. He was infamously traded from the team after a dispute with Nick Young that became a publicity nightmare for the team. Magic Johnson then traded him away and basically called him immature. I like Russell a lot, but he's not one of the better elite point guards in the league like I thought he was going to be. At least the Lakers are surrounding LeBron with decent three-point shooting. Malik Beasley is a decent free point shooter. D'Angelo Russell is a decent free point shooting. That's how you win with LeBron James. That's how the Miami Heat won championships. They surrounded him with Ray Allen and Mike Miller. That's how the Lakers won their championship. They had a guy like Danny Green who could hit open freeze. I mean, the four formula should be simple. You're going to win if you surround LeBron James with decent free point shooting. So at least now, the Lakers have some decent free point shooters on their roster. But I've said this before and I'll say it again. The Lakers have to start thinking about life after LeBron James. And I don't think that this move establishes anything for the future. I don't think D'Angelo Russell is going to be the long-term answer for the Lakers at point guard. And I don't think Malik Beasley is going to be on the roster for all that long. These are moves to fix the now. The Lakers need to fix the future because right now, they don't have that bright of a future. They have Anthony Davis who's injury prone and once LeBron retires or leaves the team is probably not going to want to be a member of the Lakers. The Lakers need to start thinking about the future. It doesn't matter if you win a round. I know you have to take advantage of LeBron's last few elite seasons in the league? I just don't think this is the answer. I know they were desperate to get rid of Russell Westbrook, but I don't think he was the problem. I think the problem is you're relying on LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and you needed a third piece, and D'Angelo Russell is not that third piece. Russell Westbrook was not that third piece. Until the Lakers get somebody who can be the future face of the team, let's talk about the Eastern Conference, because there was one team that made a decent move, I believe. The Milwaukee They bring in Jay Crowder, who weirdly was holding out for a new contract from the Phoenix Suns like he was in playing. But Jay Crowder is not one of those big names in the NBA. He's not a guy who scores 20 points. He doesn't get you 10 rebounds. What he does is he plays a crucial role on teams that win. He was part of that Miami Heat team that made it all the way to the NBA Finals. He was a part of the Phoenix Suns making it all the way to the NBA Finals. It makes a ton of sense for the Bucks to bring in this type of player. They don't know what the health of Chris Middleton is going going to be like in the long term, so they need to bring in pieces. If they're going to play Jay Crowder a lot, it makes sense to bring him in. Now, this is a guy who wants a new contract, so you expect him to play well if he's going to get the kind of money he's looking for. I do think we can all be realistic about the Bucks' championship aspirations. If Chris Middleton is not healthy by the end of the season, I don't see this team winning the NBA Finals with just Giannis, Grayson Allen, Bob Portis and Jay Crowder. I think Giannis needs that star player to contribute. He needs a guy who can score 20 a night so they can win, and that guy needs to be Chris Middleton. I think this is a nice move, but the future of their season relies on the health of Chris Middleton. One team that did not make a lot of moves at the trade deadline were the Toronto Raptors, who many expected to sell off their young players, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, and especially OG Ananobi. Instead of selling their talent off, they added center Jakob Pertl. I really wonder what this team's long-term plan is. Are they going to lose head coach Nick Nurse? I mean, his future with the team is up in the air. They have Masai Ujiri, who is one of the best executives in all of basketball. He's the one who made the trade for Kawhi Leonard that led to the team winning the championship. So I never doubt him as an executive. I'm just curious as to what the future for the Raptors looks like because they feel like a team that should be selling off pieces like Fred Van Fleet, who I think is a very good player, but the type of money that guy is going to want is not going to be worth it for a team that's in rebuild mode. The same for Pascal Siakam. He makes way too much money, and frankly, he hasn't become the player we all thought he was going to be. We all thought he was going to become Kawhi Leonard like after playing with him. We thought Leonard would leave, and then Siakam would become a star player. Si- Yacom is a very good player. He's too inconsistent, though, to be your team's best player. And OG Ananobi is a guy who clearly wants to play more minutes. I mean, he's sick and tired of being a role player. It seemed like a lot of teams were interested in trading for him. He could have been a nice piece for a team that was competing for a title. Instead, you kept him, and I'm not sure why. The Raptors are the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. Adding Yaka Pertl is not going to magically lift you up up to the fifth seed, you're going to be in the play-in tournament, maybe you win, but the best case scenario I see are the Toronto Raptors getting wiped out in the first round of the playoffs. Honestly, I think they should have traded away all three of their marquee players, because I think they're very good players, but they're not the type of players I want to be the best players on my team. Van Fleet is about to get a max contract extension that I don't think he's worth. I think Siakam is overpaid, and I think OG Ananobi is going to get a nice dollar amount too, and he's a guy who's clearly sick of being just a role player. He wants to be in a team starting rotation. Why not trade these players away for numerous first-round draft picks? Instead, you bring in Jakob Pertl. I mean, you weren't a big man away from being considered one of the best teams in the NBA. I think this was a miscalculation on the part of Masai Ujiri. I think he needs to think about the long-term future of the Toronto Raptors and I don't think those free players, Siakam, Van Fleet, and Ananobi, are going to be a part of that long-term future. So in the grand scheme of things for this trade deadline, the Western Conference teams were way more aggressive at the deadline, and that makes a lot of sense. The teams in the West are super flawed. The Lakers, Clippers, and Suns are trying to become elite, while the teams in the East, the Celtics and Bucks, are already top teams in my opinion. I think a team in the East that should have been more aggressive is the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm sorry, you're not going to win an NBA championship relying that heavily on James Harden. It just doesn't make sense to me why that team is not deeper than what they are. I mean, right now they are relying on Joel Embiid, who is, of course, an MVP candidate, but really has never had a great postseason run, and James Harden, who is infamous at playing badly in the postseason. I just do not view the 76ers as a threat to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or dare I say the NBA Finals. I think they're going to be a team that gets eliminated in the second round by a team like the Bucks or Celtics. I don't view them as a powerhouse NBA franchise. I think they are a team that needed to make a move in the trade deadline. This was a loud NBA trade deadline. There were a lot of moves made, but I think there was really only one that significantly impacts the future of this NBA season when it comes to who could make the NBA Finals, and that's Kevin Durant going to the Phoenix Suns. This is a move that could turn the Suns into a team that nobody was really thinking of as a contender, into a contending basketball team. Again, they have Chris Paul. I know he's had his issues in the postseason, but he's still one of the better passing point guards in the NBA. They have DeAndre Ayton, a very good big man. They have Devin Booker, one of the best shooting guards in the league, and they add Kevin Durant who has had success in the post season. This was a no-brainer type of move for the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they went to the NBA Finals against the Bucs. They lost in six games. They were up 2-0. They are a win-now mode type of team because now they have two older players in Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. They need to take advantage of this moment. I think they're going to be there. I think they're going to at least make the Western Conference Finals. They can't lose to Dallas like they did last season. I don't think Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic are real threats. I think the Western Conference Finals is going to be the Denver Nuggets versus the Phoenix Suns, and that's going to be a very good matchup. And at this point, I might lean towards the Phoenix Suns. I do think Durant making the NBA Finals, his experience is going to help him against somebody like Nikola Jokic. I like the Denver Nuggets, but they do not feel like a team who should be the number one seed in the Western Conference, and I'm not buying into Ja Morant in the Memphis Grizzlies. They don't feel like an elite team either. The West is without a great team and I think the Phoenix Suns could become that elite team. The East has the Bucks and the Celtics. The West all season long has been without that alpha dog team and I think the Phoenix Suns are about to emerge as that. Part of it is because I do believe Kevin Durant wants to repair his image. He's been part of so many basketball controversies over the last few seasons. He was part He was part of the Kyrie Irving scandal. He was part of James Harden wanting off of the Brooklyn Nets. He was part of his own trade demand this past offseason. Everything about Kevin Durant in the sport of basketball has been about what's happening off the court. He needs to make it about what's happening on the court again or he will no longer be viewed as a top five player in the NBA. Kevin Durant needs this to work out with the Phoenix Suns or his reputation is going to be unfixable and forever tarnish and I also feel like he wants to win an NBA championship so badly for a team that's not the Golden State Warriors because right now he looks really bad for leaving the Warriors they won a title without him he went to a super team with Irving and Harden and it didn't work out and then that team traded for Ben Simmons and that hasn't worked out for Durant's sakes it better work out with the Phoenix Suns and listen it would be a great story if the Phoenix Suns win the NBA championship it would be Chris Paul's first championship, it would be Devin Booker's first ring, Monty Williams is a very good head coach, I would not mind seeing that team win the title, and I think Kevin Durant is going to be really motivated to make it happen. This year's NBA trade deadline was just another example as to why the NBA has become one of the most exciting sports leagues, because things come out of nowhere. A week ago, nobody would have imagined Kyrie Irving on the Dallas Mavericks and Kevin Durant on the Phoenix Suns, and a lot of people are talking about how the West went from being the weaker conference this season to being the better conference. Now, I'm not sure if that's the case. Maybe Dallas does emerge as a title contending team, and maybe the Suns do make a run, but right now I still view the Eastern Conference as the better conference because I view the Celtics and the Bucks as waves ahead of those other teams in the West. There is a small part of me that thinks that the NBA trade deadline is too late into the season to save your season, and there's too many teams that are looking to save their season. The Lakers have a now totally revamped roster. It's too late for them to be the team we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, and I have that same fear for the Phoenix Suns. You don't save your season at the trade deadline. Yes, adding Kevin Durant is a no-brainer. I think they are a title-contending team, but I would be shocked at the end of the day if the Phoenix Suns are the ones who win the NBA championship over a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or the Boston Celtics who have been good all season long and we're all focusing on those flashy trades. The Mavericks trading for Kyrie Irving. The Phoenix Suns trading for Kevin Durant. It usually ends up being a smaller move that pays out during the postseason. Like Jay Crowder joining the Milwaukee Bucks might be the difference of the Bucks winning the NBA championship. Like he might have a significant impact on Yon winning his second ring with the Milwaukee Bucks. Him holding out made zero sense to me, but the guy is a proven winner. As fans of the NBA, I think we can all say we were all winners during this year's NBA trade deadline. I mean, it was endlessly entertaining and fun. Thanks for listening to this edition of Head to Head. I'm Cam McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please rate, review, and subscribe.